pinch me. (laughs) I'm an author. I wrote a book, Destined for Greatness, Living an Inspired Life from Head to Tippy Toes. If you haven't already gotten your copy, you may head over to my website, sarahnoose.com, or go to Amazon and check out Sarah Noose, Destined for Greatness. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Destined for Greatness podcast, where we believe that each person is destined for greatness. I am your host, Sarah Noose, and I'm joined by my handsome co-host, who's my husband, Adam. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. How are you? So good. How are you? Oh, doing good. Good. So today we are talking with Julie and Andy Liddell, and they're inventors. I love it. I know. Me too. So they have a company called Elodie, E-L-L-O-D-E-E, and they're building healthy technology for kids and families. And it's really awesome because we had this big conversation about how, how often do your kids steal your phone? They steal mine all the time, but they steal (laughs) yours even more. They do. And then they start scrolling and looking and there's so many things. Do you remember? Okay. The other night we looked up, um, like top 25 movies for kids and Lola like clicked play and it said beep, 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 beep were the very first, it was like bad, like the bad cuss words. Like the ones you hear in a fraternity house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. At two in the morning. Yeah. It was really bad from my phone and we were looking at children's, um, movies. And so when, Julie and Andy were talking about Elodie. They were talking about the beauty of our kids being able to listen to music without having to grab our phone and seeing the visuals or stumbling down the wrong path. And I feel like that's huge. Yeah, it's something that we're always scared of. Yeah. I think every time our kids get a hold of our phones or start searching down the internet, you never know what'll pop up. Right. And I think what's super cool after talking to them is they're inventors like they created this out of a need and I feel like some of the coolest people that we've gotten to talk to on our podcast are people that have really had a need and leaned into it and they've taken it a step further where they're both working full-time for this and right now it's on um, the Kickstarter was it just closed up the Kickstarter but they're hoping to have these ready um, by the fall of next year and so I think what I mean, we love music in our house. So to be able to have a device where our kids could just walk around and you preload the music, what would be your top songs you would preload for our kids? For our kids? Um, oh, I put you on the spot. You did put. Well, I, we're going to a Robert Earl King concert coming up. There's mm-hmm. some great Robert Earl Keane songs yeah. that you could appreciate, but those aren't good kid songs all the time. You, I think you have I think bad my music doesn't yeah. work for kids. I know. You're such a good person to have such bad music. Well, Robert Earl Keane sings good, good music. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think our kids would like it. I don't know. You've you don't got, like it. You've gotten Hank on um, Five, Five Pound, Pound Bass. Bass. So Hank great for his song. <laughs> walk up song in baseball, like to get you pumped up. He loves five pound bass and it's like, wah, wah, wah. I mean, you've got to admit it's not a baseball walk-up song. It's not a baseball walk-up song, but it is good. 
He it's does good. love it's it. It's good music. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the great thing is that we could upload. And I would say most of the time our kids, they really do listen to Christian music. Like they'll say top Christian on their Alexas and stuff. But even thinking about like our girls, I we had those screen Alexas that had them in their rooms. And Lola, I was talking to her one night after actually that I had talked to Julie and Andy and they were talking about just the things that are in our feeds that our kids' eyes can see. And I was talking to Lola about my interview and she said, yeah, mom, sometimes at night I have to put my um, Alexa screen down because it shows me scary things. And I was like, what? It does? I thought it was just recipes. And I was naive to the fact that I thought it was like weather recipes and then the music she was playing. But she's like, no, it shows scary things. So that day, thanks to Julie and Andy, we took those out of their rooms and just have like the disc for them to ask Alexa. But Alexa can also play, you know, things you don't want your kids to listen to. So let's go over and listen to Julie and Andy Liddell about their product, Elodie. All right. Well, I have Julie and Andy Liddell with me on our podcast. You guys, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having us. We're thrilled to be here. (laughs) Well, I'm super excited about why you guys are here and what you're up to, especially in today's world and as parents, there's a lot of things that we want to protect our kids from and it's hard. And so I want you to talk to us about Elodie and how you came up with this concept and kind of your goals for that. So first, why don't you start by just sharing who you guys are? Sure. Yeah. I am Julie Liddell. And I'm Andy Liddell. And we are uh, the co-founders of Elodie and we are also married and have two kids. (laughs) That is so awesome. How old are your kids? They are five and three. That's so awesome. Okay. So you are the co-creators of Elodie. Tell us what Elodie is. So Elodie is a company that we started uh, about two and a half years ago. Um, It actually started when our daughter, who was then three, came up to us and asked to listen to, she wanted to listen to music and she asked for Tears for Fears, or she said it, (laughs) Teals for Feels. And so like Andy and I died laughing and we're so happy that our three-year-old was asking us for Tears for Fears. Yes. And so (laughs) we, we, uh, so we pulled out our phones and we started, you know, pulling it up on, Spotify, like we usually did. And then we got to talking about how she should be able to do that herself and how could we let her do that on her own so that when she wanted to listen to anything, she could just go and and do it herself. And we really hit a wall. I mean, we Mm -hmm. talked about different possibilities. We looked at some things online and, you know, it seemed like really the best option for it was to just get like a CD player. And we thought that seems so wild that that's the only great, like safe option for her. I mean, that's how we listened to music when we were kids, you know, a hundred years ago. Right. Um, so, and we, we had an iPad that she had used from time to time, but we had noticed a lot of behavioral issues around it that when she'd get on it, she'd really, you know, rather than trying to listen to music, she'd want to watch videos and play games and do all the things that kids want to do on online. And right on uh, tablets. Um, so anyhow, we, my husband is a mechanical engineer by trade. And so maybe he can tell you a little bit about how he had the brainstorm for a better way for her to listen to music. Yeah. I love it. Andy, I'd love for you to share. Sure. Yeah. So as Julie and I were talking and we thought, 
um, you know, just underscoring the importance of kids being able to do this themselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so much of our online, our, our, our life these days as parents is spent mediating our kids' access to media and access to the internet. So we thought about, well, what would it look like for a kid to be able to do this themselves? And it would need to be a way that parents could control you know, pretty quickly and easily. Right. But then once it was set up, kids could kids could have access to uh, to whatever was was there on the actual device. So, you know, conceptually, we thought of it like, you know, like like the yard around your house, right? right. You want your kids to go play outside. You don't want them to go play in the street or on the highway or down by the, the, the dangerous liquor store. Right. You want them outside <laughs> in your yard. But with the internet, it's like when you say outside, it could be anywhere in the world. That's not great for kids, not great for families. Mm-hmm. So, um, we, we came up with this device that um, basically allows parents to to assign wh- whatever content they want their kids to hear, whether it's music or, or podcasts or audiobooks, directly to the device, and then um, kids can, can get to it directly from uh, from the player. So that's that's our, our sound companion. And there's a lot of child development um, science and, and uh, research baked into this design. And the key insight that we had is that kids need something um, that shows cause and effect. And right now with screens and the internet and voice assistants, there is no clear cause and effect. And that's really how kids learn. They, they go around the world and you watch a little kid playing. They'll go, they'll pick something up, they'll drop it. And you know, and they say, oh, okay, well, if I pick this up, it drops it. And every time I, I pick it up, it falls. Right. And gradually, you know, you you come to understand the world by understanding what is my effect on, on the world. And with the internet, that's just not possible. So for us, we wanted um, a, a device that had this really rich feedback for kids so they understand, well, when I do this, this thing does that. Um, and that's you know really more important for, for little kids. But also understanding, too, that you know as, as kids get older, they may have their own screen, but they probably don't have it full time. Right. You know, a lot of parents um, don't let their, their, their older kids, you know, their, their tweens and teens, have their phones in their bedroom at night, for example. Mm-hmm. But that's a great time and place to listen to music and listen to podcasts, um, kind of unwind. And you know, we we understand that like kids are being deprived of this really crucial time in, in their day and time in their life where they need to be able to listen to stuff on their own. They shouldn't have to ask for permission. They should just go and, and be able to do it straight themselves. So that informed the the look of the design. So it needed to be something that was really mature looking and cool and something that an older kid or even adult would would want and say, oh, this this doesn't feel like a little toy for kids. Right. And so um, so you know, taking those as our two big constraints, it's something a little kid could use, but an older kid would love and want um, is, is how we came up with the design. I love it so much. And when I look at your website, lnd.com, I I love the visuals of it. And it it is. It's really sleek. It compares to any, you know, Bluetooth a device that we would have. Um, and I love the color wheel that you guys have represented there. Is it, um, to go into a little bit more detail, because what I think you guys are doing is so remarkable because there's this inner internal battle for me as a mom to be like, you know, you can have your device because I do want you to listen to music or a podcast or my kids do audio books sometimes as they're falling asleep. But then I'm like, but are you grabbing the phone? And actually, like, I think as a parent, I'm like, are you looking at really bad things? Like I go to the worst because you hear the news. I don't think my kids really are, but there's that, you know, I love how you describe like the fence. It's like, I just put them out in the yard, hoping they're not running to the liquor store, you know, and I I love the way you describe that. And so tell me how 
how does the music get loaded? Is it something that you agree upon with your children or do you just load the music? How does that work? So, yeah, so the way we think of it is that um, we're designing for the kid, the parent, and the family relationship. And we want parents and kids to work together to decide what what do you want kids to listen to? So um, there's an app that lives in the parent's phone, or as the kid gets older, on, on the kid's um, you know screen, whether it's a phone or a tablet or whatever. Um, but the idea is that you set it up in advance. And um, so using our app, you decide what you want to listen to. So we, we have a library of 60 million songs, podcasts, mm-hmm. and audiobooks. So if you know exactly what you want to listen to, you can go straight to our library and find it and assign it to the device yourself. And then after that, it lives it lives there on the sound companion. Um, but we also curate content because we know from talking to hundreds of parents and kids that, you know, just having you know, physical access to a thing is the first step. Mm-hmm. And the second step is well, what what's good to listen to? And right. the way we look at it is, you know, most music is kids music. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not just, you know, Raffi and Barney and these great things right. are you know made specifically for kids. But you know you think about the Beatles and Ray Charles mm-hmm. and Tears um, for Fears and Tears for Fears obviously. <laughs> um, and and so thinking about well how how can we help introduce kids to the whole history of recorded music because mm-hmm. you know having 60 million songs on demand at any time is just it's amazing especially for somebody you know like me who used to work, you know, I got a job at 15 to work at the country club, mostly so I could afford to buy CDs. Right. Um, and just now it's like, golly, for, you know, for less than what it costs me to, to buy one CD a month, I have access to 50 or 60 million songs is, is really cool. And you, you know, you could theoretically never have to listen to, to a bad song um, right. ever again for the rest of your <laughs> life. Um, but with, you know, with kind of today's algorithmic curation, um, the way most music services work is that you kind of get put in this little narrow bucket yeah. and and the more you listen the narrower and narrower it gets so what we want to try and do with our curation service is draw these human connections between music that really are independent of genre independent of time and place not really independent even of artists but but that they, they tell a story right and and the story is told with great music um, and great music that is you know appropriate for kids mm. so um, if you know what you want to listen to you can find it yourself. If you want a little bit of help, we have our curation services there to help you. That is so cool. I think that's awesome because then it opens the world up, our, all, all of us, to more. It's like, oh, wow, if you like this, you're also going to like this. It's like, oh, cool. This is awesome. I love how you guys talk specifically about healthy technology. And um, I know, Julie, when you and I talked on the phone earlier, we talked about um, the social dilemma that, um, that we both have watched and how that has impacted me a lot in the way I think of, um, just technology in general, um, to have healthy technology, what do you feel like are the requirements around that? Because technology, um, is so beneficial in so many ways, but it's becoming very scary as a parent raising, I have, um, nine, 10 and 11 year old. And it's like, man, this is scary. Like, do I really give them this device? So when you say healthy technology, will you speak into what you're specifically looking for with that? Absolutely. And, and I am so thankful for the social dilemma and, and there have been a number of really great movies and books and, you know, blogs and websites that have come out, you know, movements that have started around this idea of bringing awareness to the state of today's digital technologies, because they are technologies that I think we are all, you know, mostly thankful for, 
Um, but so much of the conversation around them until now has been about what do we as as users and as especially as parents have to do to make them safe and healthy for our kids and i think that's it's it's just the wrong paradigm mm-hmm. to look at this stuff that that for you know for nothing else do we accept that you know when it when it comes home when it arrives that we have to take it out of the box and do spend all of these hours and you know, an initial setup and then going forward, just the administration with internet right. filters and routers and third-party apps and, you know, technology contracts and the list goes on and on of all the things that we have to do as parents to try to make them safe. And so I think that's really what has inspired Andy and I to try to start something new that we're starting, yes, with a with an audio player, but really hoping to change the conversation about these tools should be designed for kids from the ground up so that we as parents can just buy them and then that's it and not have to worry about them. We give them to our kids. We know that they're safe. We know that they will be used as they're supposed to be used. And there is no, you know, quote unquote, your user error because they're, they're designed to work and work every time for kids and, and to do independently. So, um, you know, I think Andy talks a lot about sort of the, the cause and effect, Mm -hmm. um, that should inform technology that, that kids are so, are such physical creatures. Mm -hmm. And so these things like screens where everything is collapsed, I mean, truly the whole digital world is collapsed on this two-dimensional object that even as adults, we can't really wrap our heads around how they work. And for kids, it's it's so confusing. And, you know, I think a lot of people look to smart speakers as maybe this is a, an improvement because right. you're moving away from screens and you're solving some of that. But, you know, the problem there is that it's even more disembodied, that right. you're truly looking at nothing. There's no physical thing for kids to sort of latch on to understand what is this thing? How is it working? Right. Um, does it even work? Which, unfortunately for most kids, is not a lot of the time. Right. So so I think having something that's really simplified um, especially, you know, you think of things uh, like um, the iPad that we use as adults. Well, that's not where we should start two-year-olds. Right. In the same way that we wouldn't hand our two-year-old the, the keys to our car and say, "Be safe." Um, so we we give them, we give them tricycles and scooters <laughs> and bicycles, and you work your way up through, um, you know, all of the different ways of getting getting yourself around so that when when it's time you do feel well maybe not good but you feel better about handing them the keys to the car because you know you've had a lifetime of education and training and working your way up to it and i think that we really need to look at technology the same way where you graduate it's you don't start kids out with the ferrari you start them out (laughs) with the sweet little tricycle and you work your way up so that when it's time, you can you as a parent can feel that you've done your best and that your kids are ready for that kind of responsibility. I love that. I I've never thought about it that way, but you're so right. Like the same thing I'm doing, we're giving to our children, being like here. And oftentimes we're doing it to keep them quiet. Like I can't tell you how many times I've gone to dinner and seen a parent try to quiet their kid by just handing them their device. And like you're Mm -hmm. saying, like their keys to their car. So I think Elodie is just 
an awesome way to kind of bridge the gap and really allow kids to still be part of the, you know, group and listening to things. And, you know, with tippy toes, I'm a huge believer in music and what it can do for you. And so allowing the kids Mm -hmm. to feel as if they're in charge of what they're listening to is really special. Um, okay. I want to go two different directions here. Um, so first I want to talk about, um, how, okay, you guys are married and, you know, I think it's just so remarkable when two people that are married, love each other, have a family and then go into business together. Can you shed light a little bit on how that's been? Like, was it just a natural, let's just do this? Or was it like, I don't know, do you feel like we should work together? How has that looked in, in the scope of things for you guys? Uh, it's been awesome. Um, it's been, <laughs> yeah. it has been, yes, I, it's, it's been amazing. Yeah, the, the, the best job I've ever had by far. Um, so and I, you know, I, I had a good job before this, but um, no, it's, it's been really wonderful. And I think, you know, this grew organically just out of our own, you know, the need we felt in our own lives and our own relationship, um, you know, as, as partners, as parents. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a really natural next step. Um, and we you know, complement one another really well. Um, you know, Julie was the one who has had you know most of the key insights around what we're building. I mean, mm-hmm. she first saw, you know, well before the social dilemma came out, she was working in the mental health space yeah. and she was being exposed to the early research around screen overuse and kids. And when we were talking about, you know, this issue of well, why, why can't Jane listen to music on her own mm-hmm. um, and our own just kind of instinctive reluctance to give her an iPad and an instinctive just pulling back from that after we'd seen you know, how it negatively affected her her mood after she used it. Well, Julie was the one who understood that that, the, that these things are related. That mm. that basically there's something happening, and you know the social dilemma goes into it. And I think I'd like to you know have us talk about that a little bit more in detail. Right. Um, but but she was the one who had that that key insight that there is a sea change here. That mm. that once parents are understanding that if you let your kids use screens too much, it's going to have negative uh, repercussions for their development and their their physical health and mental health, people are just going to do it less and they're going to want something else because they're not anti-technology, but they are, you know, much more pro their own kids right. uh, than, than they are um, pro technology. So um, understanding the business opportunity there has been crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just, you know, understanding how real parents and especially real moms think. Mm-hmm. And, you know, none of our technology is really designed for women mm-hmm. and designed for moms. And when I say that, you know, it's that, of course, women can use computers and stuff, but it's really think about, you know, who's, who's doing the caregiving, who's responsible for getting dinner on the table, who's also working a different job, who's responsible for, for childcare and thinking about well, how does this technology fit into people's lives and what are we asking of parents and especially mothers to, to, to administer, mm-hmm. um, you know, our, our screens and our, our internet environment for our kids. Um, we're asking a lot of people. Um, and we're asking people to be much more technically savvy than they are. And so, you know, understanding just the specific ways in which it needs to be you know, simple and convenient and easy, um, that's that's been huge. And then, you know, from just a, a day-to-day standpoint, it's been awesome working together. You know, we get to spend all of our time together. And it's one of those things, you know, I'm not going to go out and say to every married couple, oh, you should definitely go into business <laughs> with your spouse. Right. Um, but, you know, but for the people who feel like they could, you probably can. Yeah. Um, and, and don't be dissuaded and, and worried about it. Um, you know, know your own relationship, but for us, it's brought us a lot closer and it's been just a really tremendous experience. 
I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, 100% agree. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. I love that too. Like when Adam and I work on things together, what I love so much is a peek inside of like who he is at work too. It's he'll be like, okay, right. Like his problem solving, although he and I have very similar personalities, the way he problem solves and the way I problem solve, or, you know, when a situation comes up the way I handle it versus him. And I learned so much and I'm like, Oh, then that makes sense when we go home too. And so I think it's so awesome that you guys are both charging, um, forward to the same goal. Um, Andy, you talked a little bit about the social dilemma, and I think you hit on something so valuable, is that technology as a whole is not bad. And I think it's getting, you know, it's like, I feel like sometimes, and I may be the worst person, I'm like, no, it's bad. But it's like, no, it's actually good. Like, I need my kids to know how to type on a computer to research stuff, you know, but then there's like this deep, dark hole that you're afraid they're going to go in. And so um, I think the social dilemma does bring light to it. But what I love more than anything is that you guys, one, have were thinking about this before the social dilemma came out. And I think listening to you say that, you know, Julie working and seeing the mental health problems and, um, discussions around children is so mind blowing to me. And then knowing that there can be a happy medium between, you know, enjoying technology and using it to our benefit and then also following, falling down in that deep, dark hole. And so I think that's just, um, I think you guys are shedding a lot of light on this. And one thing that I'm super thankful for is that you took action too. Like you didn't just sit there and be like, well, man, I really wish we could do this, but we can't. You guys took another step forward and decided well, thank- we can build it. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, and another thing that I wanted to highlight there, uh, the importance of you know this awareness or re- raising around these technologies and how they work is so important for you know, us to be able to take action and to make different decisions. But I think one of the most important things is it just, it, it kind of is affirming for parents who for so long felt like this is my fault, mm-hmm. right? Like I, it sh- I should be better able to manage this. And I think that was kind of the message that was, you know, implicitly and sometimes expressly given was that, you know, do better. Like right. you need to be able to manage your children and manage these devices. And they're really no different than, you know, TV and rock and roll. And right. that's just, it's right. not true. And I'm so happy that that message is coming out now that it can be a little bit of vindication that actually, no, these, these technologies are meaningfully different than, mm-hmm. than analog technologies. Yeah. And they are, they're designed to be hard to control. I mean, they're, they're hard for us as adults to, to manage our use of them, let alone trying to manage them for our kids. So um, we're just so, so happy and thankful to be able to be a part of this community, this growing community and this growing movement around, you know, saying enough is enough. We are going to start insisting on better technology, on technology that respects us and that doesn't make us fight it. Right. Gosh. I love yeah. It. Well, th- thanks, Sarah. Yeah, I'd like to just, let's get a little bit specific too about, you know, what, what we mean when we say healthy technology. I think the important thing is to understand what's currently happening with, with our current technology, you know, mm-hmm. kind of the, the unhealthy digital paradigm that, that we're living in. So one key thing that people need to understand is that most of the products and services we use on our, on our screens 
you know, first of all, they're not really regulated um, in the sense that anything else in our regular life is, right? It's like you buy something for your kid, it's gone through, you know, a lot of regulation, whether it's, you know, baby formula that's subject to the FDA regulations mm -hmm. or, you know, your, your strollers, everything else uh, that the clothes your kids wear, all of that stuff is really scrutinized. Nothing online is. Mm -hmm. um, so you're, you're operating kind of in this wild west where, you know, companies are incentivized to make money and they're, they're going to make money. Mm -hmm. um, and so, when products are free, um, these these companies have to make money somehow. And the way that that you know many companies have, have chosen to do so is is through an ad based model or really an attention based model. Mm -hmm. And what they're selling is is the user's attention. So their customer isn't the person using their 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 platform or their app. Their customer is is a marketing person. Um, you know, some company that wants to pay the provider. To, to change the behavior of the person using the device. Mm -hmm. So it's all of this probabilistic stuff, but the idea is that, you know, somebody pays Google to change how Andy and Julie feel about this certain thing in order to make it more likely that they'll buy something right. or, 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 be, or behave differently. Mm -hmm. um, and you don't think about that I don't think necessarily every time you're using Gmail or Google Docs that right. that's what's happening or when you pull up Google and search something and yet that is very much behind all of their operations. Yeah. Right. So so you have, you know, these third parties who are intervening in your relationship with a product and trying to change what you do. Mm -hmm. So that's one big thing to understand. Another important thing that the parents need to understand is that these companies tend to make more money the longer you interact with their products. And they have, you know, employed a lot of research and a lot of, you know, expertise to figure out how to make their products they call sticky or mm -hmm. hook users. And there's actually a book called Hooked um, by a guy named Nir Eyal. That's N-I-R-E-Y-A-L. And it's basically the playbook for how to make your products um, compulsively usable, or as some people have said, addictive. Mm -hmm. And again, this is not, not regulated at all. And these techniques are being used against adults and against children. And, and basically it's a way to modify your behavior by inducing you know, these invariable rewards. So basically it's a slot machine. Every time I pick up my phone and, and open up, you know, Snapchat or Twitter or, you know, Fortnite, Roblox, whatever it is, mm -hmm. there's a new thing waiting for me. And by doing that and not knowing what you're going to get every time, you develop these habitual behaviors. And it's something almost akin to like a gambling addiction, mm -hmm. uh, which is, you know, a real recognized addiction. Um, and, you know, we're not addiction experts, but mm -hmm. the, the, the point is the intent is there. The intent is, you know, we, the company, want you to use our thing as much as possible. We have these tried and true techniques that, that will artificially drive that. So mm -hmm. it's not, you know, for the love of the game that you're doing it, right? I mean, you're not out there just shooting hoops in your driveway because you love it so much. It's more like you're being pressed into service for these for these companies uh, because that's how they make money. And so when parents talk about screen time or talk about the, the fights they have with their children or see this behavior of, well, hey, mom and dad, give me the iPad. I just want to listen to music. Mm -hmm. And then you come back in the room five minutes later and they're on social media. Understand that's not your fault as a parent and it's not your kid's fault as as the kid that these techniques work on a really deep subconscious level mm -hmm. um, that it's not really a matter of willpower as much as it's a matter of environment so the only way to not you know fall prey or fall victim to this stuff is to just not have it around um, mm -hmm. so you think about other other addictive substances you think of you know, cigarettes and alcohol or even sugar 
Um, if you want to stop doing those things, the easiest way to stop doing them is just not have them around you in your right. immediate physical environment. Right. The problem, the problem with screens is they're less like those things and they're more like food. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. anymore, we need this stuff. We, right. we, we, we need to be connected to our friends and family. Mm -hmm. We want to learn things about the world. We do that through screens, but unfortunately there are all of these kind of nefarious things baked into it. Mm -hmm. So, um, so it's really hard. I mean, it's really hard for, for people on an individual level to make these changes. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, as, as a company and Julie alluded to this earlier, we want people to start thinking about this differently. That it's not purely your individual responsibility to make the change in your own life because you're one person um, against, you know, multiple billion dollar corporations right. who are employing the smartest best people to to get you to to, to behave differently mm. um, and i would also add that a lot of these dangers are invisible i mean it would be like asking people to test their own food to make sure that it didn't yeah. have unsafe level of of toxins or um yeah. hormones or, or whatever it is that we as individuals can't really be expected or shouldn't be expected to do that and and in this country certainly we are not yeah Wow, this is chilling to me. Like I've watched The Social Dilemma and I'm very aware, but then sitting here and listening to you, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just, it's just creepy to think, you know, and then you can think back and play back times that I looked at something on social media and then all of a sudden it pops up all around me and I'm like, this is weird, you know? And so, um, mm -hmm. gosh, I love, love, love what you guys are doing. Now, let me ask you, where are you in the phase of people being able to purchase this and how can we, as the listeners who so desperately want this, how can we help you make this work and, and where are you in the process? So yeah, so we've developed working prototypes that we've now tested with over 500 parents, kids, teachers, you know, child development experts, including child therapists, child psychologists, pediatricians. Um, and now we're in the phase of, of raising money to bring it through to production. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the number one way people can support us is to go to our website, sign up for a waiting list. Mm -hmm. um, so our website is www.lod.com. That's E-L-L-O-D-E-E.com. And uh, you'll, you'll see a button that'll allow you to sign up for a wait list. So that, that helps a lot um, because it, it, you know, it helps us show that there is demand and that parents really do want something better for their kids. And, you know, we're all not all just a bunch of you know, knee jerk anti tech people all of a sudden, but mm -hmm. we, we want things that are healthy for our kids and also fun and cool and, and great. Right. Um, so that's absolutely the, the, the best way people can, can help us out today. Okay. Now when I'm on your website, do I go to the green button that says back us or where is the wait list? Is that the wait list? Oh, well, um, maybe we can edit this part out or change it. So, okay. um, our site will look different, but oh. this is going to run in December. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So our, our Kickstarter campaign ends today. That's okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So the Kickstarter campaign ends today. I We're just saw that. that. I was like, dang. Okay. Okay. So oh, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I think we, we might even be redesigning the website completely. Okay. Um, but I love so. your website, by the way. I love it. Oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll try and repurpose a lot of the stuff we have on there. Okay. Okay. So different. there, there will be a wait list then that people can sign up for. Okay. Yes. That's yeah. It'll be a button that says something like, you know, join the wait list. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. That's so awesome. Well, good. So then people can join the wait list. And then once your product is in what, once it's out, you let them know, or how does it work next? 
Yes. Yeah. So um, we're, we're raising money to bring it through to developments. Um, we're targeting um, having this available sometime late in 2021. Mm. Um, so once you're on the wait list, we'll let you know. You'll be the first people to know about it, the first people to have access to it. I love that. I love that. Well, Julie and Andy, this has been just a wealth of knowledge. I know it's something that I'll continue to think about. And it has really impacted me just hearing your side of it. And so I really appreciate you guys, like I said earlier, taking that step forward to say like, no, actually there's a better way to do this. And I think a lot of times, you know, God creates people so differently and creatively and uniquely that it's like, I would not be the girl to figure out how to get this done. So I'm so thankful that you two are that can figure out, you know, how we can better our children's lives and our futures um, through this. So can you one more time tell us how we can find you on social platforms as well as your website? Sure. On social platforms, we are at Elodie Inc. And that's uh, E-L-L-O-D-E-E-I-N-C on Instagram and Twitter. Um, On Facebook, you can search Elodie and uh, and you'll find us there. And our site is Elodie.com. I love it. You guys, thank you so much. Best of luck. And thank you for taking this bold step to change our future. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Sarah. Yeah, I mean, you know, knowledge is power, but if you're a busy parent who's just whipped at the end of the day, being able to buy something you don't have to worry about, that's real power. And that's what we're just trying to, to give to all the exhausted, weary parents in the world. Um, <laughs> so, so, awesome. so, so thank you very much. <laughs> yes, thank you, guys. Hey, it's Sarah Noose, and I believe that you are destined for greatness. Do you have a dream inside of you? You think about wanting more out of life? Well, I have seen incredible life change happen all across the country by women who have signed up for my four-week accountability group. I would love to offer you the opportunity for real life change. Head on over to saranoose.com and sign up. There's limited spots available, but I would love to get to know you have you join and watch you conquer your dreams. If this podcast was helpful, it would mean the world to me to have you rate it, review it, and share it on social media. Social media is a big place. And to reach more people, I would love your help. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, you are destined for greatness.